Anyway, hello. Yes, welcome to the Retro Breakdown. Um, I'm playing Oyaji Hunter Mahjong. Ah, it's a Mahjong. Okay. So that, this... that totally explains why he wants you to hand over your panties. Oyaji Hunter Mahjong is a 3DO game that came across my radar last week. And it is about a Sentai-style superhero who goes around beating up perverts on the street who harass, like, who harass women by beating them in Mahjong. I mean, it makes sense to me. Does it? Yeah, perfect sense, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I saw some clips of it, someone posted, I guess a uh, translation patch recently came out for it. Um, because... You One know. of the things we needed. I mean, truly, it makes like about as much sense as uh, as like Battle Golf for Yui. Yeah, like it falls in that same department as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> is, is it is it fun? I mean, it's just Mahjong, but is it? It's one on one Mahjong, which I'm not really used to, but it's a it's. It's 3DO, so it's disc-based, and it has, like, actual fully rendered, like, anime cutscenes. Oh, wow. Where, like, the guy comes in and starts harassing this schoolgirl and is, like, taking pictures and, like, flashes himself. Holy Christ. And then this superhero guy comes in from out of nowhere and is like, Oyaji Hunter, punch! <laughs> and knocks him out. And then he's like, all right, fight me in Mahjong. And then they just agree that that's how that's going to work. Okay. Sure. <laughs> so. Seems reasonable. I, as, as ever, was like, that's the weirdest shit. I have to play it. Sure, So I figured out 3DO emulation. And, um... And now I'm playing it on my other screen and it's so <laughs> there's a lot. Um, there's like a whole mini game after you like win or lose where like the amount of your the amount of your actual hand is multiplied by like it's it's like an RPG, but you have to play a round of Mahjong to determine like whose turn it is and how much damage you're going to do. And then there's like a little mini game afterwards where you determine what the multiplier is for that score and thus how much like damage it's actually going to do. <laughs> so, for example, I just landed a really good Hanemon for like 12,000 damage of his possible 4,800 okay. and could have gotten like a times five or a times 10 to, uh, or 12,000 out of his 48,000, rather. Not 4,800. And and could have gotten, like, a multiplier to end it in one thing. But instead, I missed. Oh, what? So now we're playing Mahjong again. You missed? <laughs> there Apparently, there was a miss. That's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. And it's episodic. So, like, I'm currently in episode one. His name is Hunter. <laughs> and I have seen screenshots of later on where there's, like, the S&M guy who attacks you when he wins. He attacks you with, like, the hot candle wax attack. <laughs> and 
Apparently, it's animated by the guy who did Macross. Really? Who was like, you know what? I, I read an interview about, like, why the hell, right? Yeah. And he was like, there's so many games out there, which, like, here's here's Japan for you, right? There's so many games out there where you play Mahjong to strip a girl. Because, of course, there are. Right. That makes sense. I mean, it makes sense. Like, you go to, like, a certain type of bar and there's, like, the strip poker machines in the back, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not like there isn't precedent for this in the U.S. as well. But he basically was like, you know, all of these games where it's, like, strip Mahjong. And I was like, why don't we have one where instead of, like, instead of stripping the girl, you protect her from nice. the from the perverts. From the lecherous Mahjong players. Yes, exactly. And I'm like, you know, I can... that's still weird, but I can kind of get behind it. I can get more behind that than the actual, like, you know, assault. So, sure. So I'm playing cool. it now, and it's... Boy, it's a 3DO game, and you can tell it's from, like, the mid-90s, because there's load screens, like, all over the place. You but sure other this than that, it's just a weird Mahjong game, and that's kind of fun. You sure this isn't a game you want to stream? I'm not sure. But I'm playing episode one. I'm, I'm playing the beginning of it to see how it works as a stream game. And I've seen a little bit of it, but like not a lot of it. And. Oh, I think it works already. Maybe. <laughs> it can be our 3DO game. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. Although I'm not playing it, so it's really just. Um, I mean, for multiple reasons, I would not expect you to play it. Yeah. Um, one of those reasons is, do you know how to play Mahjong? Uh, no, I've looked into it a little bit because I was going to play it in Yakuza. And then I was like, I don't care enough to learn this. Because I, I know how to play Mahjong and I got freaking washed by this guy in like three hands by his full frontal nudity attack. Uh, to be fair, that's it's a, that's a reasonable way to break your concentration. It was a damaging attack. It was like it was like times ten damage. Yeah, yeah, that checks out. <laughs> What's well, it was? I, I believe it was a three DO game, the uh, the Aliens game that was deemed, you know, one of the worst control schemes ever. Hmm. Uh, and then it turned out it was just twin stick controls. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Yes. Because um, we, sh yeah, we should. Yeah, there, definitely... there's a review of it. It's like, this is so like, this is the worst control scheme. Why would anyone think this would work? And it is now the default control scheme for every first person game that has been made in like the last 15 years. Yeah, that <laughs> that poor dude. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that that is whoever he is. That's his claim to fame. Yep. <laughs> There's like there's a bunch of versions of this, too. Like, it's really interesting going back through and seeing the old reviews for for things that like just didn't age well. The one person who didn't like this game that's now a classic. Yeah, um, there's a bunch of old IGN reviews for things that were for things that are like either widely renowned classics or in more cases like cult classics. Mm -hmm. 
Like IGN had like a three out of 10 review for Double Dragon Neon, which is probably the best Double Dragon game to ever be made. Wait, how much? Three out of 10. Wow. And the the problem with the review was essentially like, I don't like beat em ups. Oh, then that's probably a good reason not to be the one to review this one. Yeah, that's basically what everyone said is like, well, you like clearly they just put them on this game that they didn't have any interest in. And then they just trashed it in the review based on like not having genre affinity, which is a bad reason to review something poorly. It'd be like if you put me on like The Last of Us and I was like, man, I find games like this really tiresome. (laughs) yeah yeah then everybody else like dude (laughs) it's like the things that everyone is going to like about it are specifically the things that i don't like man i remember when when we played it oh god i was so frustrated at that video game and then it's everyone loved it so much and i was like i don't know i'm missing something (laughs) i mean i've come around to the idea that what and this is backed up by it being like a wildly successful Netflix series, right? Uh, HBO. Sorry, yes, HBO series. I God. don't. I don't know what platform it's on because I'm not going to watch it anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. If it, you know what, you should watch episode three. I know you're not going to, but episode three is a good episode, not because of its well. It's just an enjoyable episode and has it doesn't matter if you like the game or the series or not, because I don't care about the game that much. I enjoyed the series until you think about it for half a second. You're like, none of this makes any sense, but that's fine. Um, Yeah, but episode three is good. I have I have heard like specifically that. Overall, I mean, I had I had and I watched all the episodes, so I'm and the acting was entertaining there there are just some things about the whole overall story. And this is the case with most zombie outbreak movies. I mean, specifically. Mm hmm. Why is everyone instantly being overtaken at the exact same instance in time is beyond my understanding. Yeah, but that's yeah, just because yeah. you can have you need to have cinematic moments where multiple airplanes are falling out of the sky at this simultaneously yes. across the entire planet, I guess. No, it's it's <laughs> whatever. Never mind. To your point. <laughs> yes. It happens at the same it ha- it happens at the same rate with the insane intensity all over the world at the same time. Immediately. And not because there's not like an alien pressing a button, because then at least that would be reasonable. Like, you know, that's mind controlling people when they're doing it to the whole planet at once. But yeah, yeah. Well, the reason that that's that that series is doing well and that people like it is that The Last of Us was always essentially a movie. Yeah, it was. Absolutely. Yeah, because the, the game that was my biggest complaint about the game is that they felt like it had the I don't remember and I'm probably misremembering slightly or well, a lot. But I just remember when we were playing it, it followed like the same pattern where, oh, here's the part where you cross the river. Here's the part where you do the the climbing of the buildings with the ladder. And here's the part where you fight. And then you repeated that three times and then you're at the end of the game, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, here is. So, yeah, the the sections were here is the combat against humans. Here is the grab stuff in the environment to do uh, predetermined platforming. And to make a path for yourself, mm-hmm. you know, pull this thing through the water to make a platform that you can jump on or grab the ladder to make a bridge or the plank to put across things like grab the thing to make a thing that you can walk on or jump on to yeah. like to get through the stage. Mm-hmm. Here is the stealth part where you hide from the mushroom zombies. <laughs> yeah. And, you know rotate those things through every time 
and then get a cutscene. And the yeah. cutscene is really what people actually liked about the games. And yeah, they the, were good. Like the 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 actual like acting and cutscenes and everything, like it was an interesting story. Mm-hmm, it totally. just like every the connective tissue that made it that was the actual game part was very cookie cutter. But like it was very cinematic. The you know, the voice acting and the story was good. Like Yeah, I remember that. I remember the voice acting. I, I yeah, this all the story bits where I was curious as where they were going with it. The whole time I was like, Oh, I wonder what's like yeah. I want to know what's gonna happen next, right? And so it therefore lends itself extremely well to being a live action series because the live action series where you have ripped out all of these cinematic bits and left the gameplay to you don't lose anything in the experience. Yeah. It makes a great show. I mean, it makes for a great show. Like you like it works for that because you can, it turns out you can literally remove the gameplay from that experience altogether. And it's still just as good. Uh Oh, whoops. (laughs) Uh Oh, Somebody listening to this right now is like, I'm done. Someone is seething. I'm so done. They're, they're just turning the podcast off and never tuning back in. <laughs> oh, man. And, and with that, we lose like a good 5% of our listening audience. Yeah, right, yeah. Welcome to the Retro Breakdown. <laughs> For those of you that stuck around. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So aside from messing around with that this week, um, that's really that's I, it's been a really we almost didn't record this podcast because I've just been too busy to do anything. Um, yeah. Work has been really crazy. It's really good. I'm having a good time with it, but I obviously I can't talk about any of it. So, yeah, that's that's the end of that conversation. It really is. But <laughs> like the point is, I haven't really had much time to play video games, which is why we're not podcasting Wario Land 3 this week. Hopefully soon. Yeah, eventually. Um, I, I miss when you streamed last time. I saw bits of it, but I couldn't watch it. Yeah, it's yeah, I did a couple of hours on uh, on Friday night, mm-hmm. but and it was I it was more of the same of like what's going on i can't believe what i'm seeing and this platforming is pretty good and interesting but yeah, that's, that's enough of that conversation for now yeah that's what i was gonna say <laughs> yep that's exactly what i was about to say yeah i've just been i finished up final fantasy one through three but i had done that last time we talked i played yep. through final fantasy four and now i'm i'm like i don't know 15 or 20 percent into final fantasy five you know it's it's interesting playing final fantasy four actually playing one through three and then playing four again i my my memory of four was always really a positive one. Like I had it like as like, oh, that's one of my I like that one a lot. It was one of my, you know, higher rated Final Fantasies in my it's head. It's very well remembered. But playing it again, it's 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 pretty mid. Yeah. It's it's like a it's it's I don't know. It's not that interesting of a Final Fantasy game, honestly. Like the 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 gameplay is it's fine. It's just boring standard jrpg fare like nothing particularly interesting about the combat or the classes or whatever and then i feel like the i feel like the big change is that you can have five characters in the party yes i I don't really think that that really adds much to it no it's fun it would so it would be fun in a class or in a game where you pick their classes and jobs in a Mm. game where you don't who cares right like it doesn't really matter because then it just means that there's no customization over the the 
the, the characters you're picking. Like, because equipment doesn't do much like Final Fantasy VI, where you can sort of change the way the characters yeah, interact yeah, yeah. with their gear. Um, the the big thing from 4, obviously, was the story. Like, it was the first one to have a, a extremely story-centric game, right? Yeah. Where you don't even pick the characters' names and all that kind of stuff. And it's right, all very yeah. much on rails in terms of that. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. It's it's a fine story. Uh, they It's, I don't know. It's just really... It was just interesting playing it now because I I don't care about the game anymore. I, I, like, I like some of the characters. I like some of... The, so there's some really great moments in Final Fantasy IV that yeah. were sort of shocking if you've never played the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Like, basically all of your party member getting Game of Thrones in a way, but then... Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, in, in true, you know, fashion, they all come back at the end anyway, so it's fine. No one, No one really dies except for, you know, one or two of the people. And no, then, <laughs> no one really dies except for the ones that do. Yeah, yeah, but well, okay, but they make it seem like six of them die and really only like one or two. <laughs> yeah, no, you, it's they they really do like it's a big cast because you keep swapping characters in and out. They're like, hey, you guys are cool. Oh, sh- oh, god, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, we the the two children sacrifice themselves. That was the part that always stuck in my head as like this awesome moment when I played yeah. the game as a kid. Yeah, that yeah. one. I I know exactly the moment you're talking about, and that is like that is actually a really dope scene. Yeah, it's it's super awesome, and there. So there's parts of the game that I still like a lot, but overall, if someone has never played Final Fantasy, like an old Final Fantasy game, and they wanted to play it, four would not be one that I suggest. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably just have to go with if they wanted. I'd probably just have to go with six. It's got to be the safest bet for old Final Fantasy games. Yeah, as much it, as like, I love. If five. you want to play a classic Final Fantasy game, and you've either not played a Final Fantasy, or you've only played the modern 3D ones. Yeah. Then yeah, I think modern. six is the is the safest bet <laughs> with a say. with a um, I, I would say there's a caveat there where like, hey, do you play like a lot of RPGs? Do you play like Octopath Traveler? Do you like? Are, oh, that's true. Are sure. you are you familiar with a lot of these and you just want to see what's up with old Final Fantasy? Because then five then, is a very strong choice. Five. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, five is. I love five a lot. It's it's one of my favorite, if not my favorite of the first six, because it's so fun to pick your jobs and classes and, and then grinding battles gets is kind of exciting because you're not just grinding up experience, which is something that I like to do in games. But then you're also picking your class and like mm-hmm. getting to decide, oh, I'm going to get this and this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to hopefully have this creation come out of it all right. Like your party's going to come together in this way. So there, there's lots of. It's a and and the stories, you know, it's good enough. It's it's perfectly fine. Yeah, I don't even really remember yeah. that much about the story, but I remember a ton about the job and ability system. Yeah, yeah, I love because I love like having this having this thing where you have like, hey, it's a white mage with a uh, it's a white mage with healing ability, but I'm gonna give it the I'm gonna give them the ability to like equip bows so they can do actual like physical damage from the back row. Yeah, yeah, you know, like or, little stuff like that where it's like, hey, you know, have them learn this other class until they learn something that's really, really useful and then apply that to another class and get these combinations that are like not well, in some cases busted, but like at least early on when you're just feeling things out it's like, wow, that's really, really useful. 
Yeah, so I love I love summoners. I love the idea of summoning you know big giant monsters to fight for you. That's just cool. Yeah, yeah. And, but they're they're kind of whatever. So I gave it the barehanded job. <laughs> so now now my my summoner sits in the front and just punches the crap out of people. Awesome. And then during other like you know maybe a boss fight, I'll drop a summon. Although monks in old Final Fantasy games are almost always broken, and they'll just do more damage than the summon. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is kind of out of control. The barehanded damage is obscene in 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 the early Final Fantasy games. Speaking of um, speaking of like classing and job ability systems and uh, classic RPGs, boy, Octopath Traveler is really good. Yeah, boy, and like I'm still playing it. I I'm about halfway through everyone's like individual stories now. Okay. Uh, it's been kind of slow going, both because I haven't had a lot of time to play and because I've been like looking for a lot of legendary equipment and doing really like side content, like wrapping up a lot of stuff that I hadn't done earlier and that that kind of thing. Yeah. So now I'm like 10 levels over leveled for everyone's stories and just steamrolling all the bosses, which is a significant problem with this game. <laughs> um, they, they want you to be able to do them whenever you want, but it makes it really difficult for them to scale properly. Mm, okay because they they want you to be able to do things in whatever order but everyone's final chapter has a recommended level of 45 so if you even if you're at like 40 to 45 at when you do the first one by the time you're doing the fourth or fifth one you're probably at like 50 or 55 (laughs) so now most of like my main character if you remember octopath traveler one you have your main character who can't leave the party until their story is done correct yes so i did her story first so i could move her out of the party because she was like 20 levels higher than everyone else Uh, Um, okay so now i'm bringing everyone else back up to her level um so she's at like level 67 or something like that or 65 yeah um and everyone else is like finally moving up to like the mid 50s (laughs) <laughs> but I'm still finishing everyone's final chapters that's like recommended level 45. So I'm starting to really blow them down with no real issue, especially since I'm finding all of the legendary late game gear. Um, still fun. Still well, fun. Good. Yeah. Still fun. And I gotta I gotta be honest, like I'm going into this and you see the characters and their art and their jobs and their themes, maybe even a little synopsis of their story. And I am stunned at how, like, my affinity for certain characters upon seeing them is like the exact opposite of where it is now, having actually gotten to know them. Really? By which I mean, like, there's a couple characters where I was like, okay, that looks kind of lame. And they're like, they're all my favorite characters now. (laughs) The merchant in particular, Particio... He's got this dumb yellow, like, cape and outfit, and he just, and I heard him talk for, like, 30 seconds, and he's like, oh, he's got this hokey Texas accent. And it, how's it going, y'all? Thank you kindly. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be about this. And he is the best. He is the best. That was the character that I wanted to play if, if. Uh, whenever I get around to playing it was that was the one that I I liked him because his accent was just so so I mean I'll probably play it in Japanese anyways but I I listen to the voices in English I actually I actually recommend playing in English yeah it's not gonna happen 
Okay, fair enough. <laughs> it's I, a good dub, though. It's a good it dub. It is. No, it absolutely is. I, I just like... I, I like the sound of Japanese voice. I don't have a clue. I don't know anything really about Japanese. I'm not, I don't know the language. I just love the way it sounds. Yeah. Like, it's 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 fun to hear the characters get excited and yell and stuff in Japanese. And I don't I don't mind reading, you know, text and stuff. Although yeah. the, the dub is good. It absolutely is. Yeah, I, I've really I've really enjoyed it. But like, yeah, play it how you want to play it. Um, I got to <laughs> say, like, I didn't really enjoy using the hunter in Octopath Traveler 1. Oh, man, the hunter was so fucking good. Well, that then again, I was trying to do it for the I, I got really into the hunter because it made the final boss like the super secret boss doable. Yeah, basically. Well, the problem that I had with the hunter with Hanit in in Octopath Traveler One, yeah, Hanit, yeah. is that you um you capture the monsters and then you have a limited number of times you can use them. Mm-hmm. That restriction is removed now. Ah. So now they're just you capture them and they are just free attacks that you That's can rad. use whenever you want. Got out. So Ochet is just a Pokemon trainer now. <laughs> and it's awesome. You're honestly getting me excited to play. I want to play it after. OK, so I've now that I'm like, like I said, a quarter of the way through Final Fantasy five, I just am in the mood for more of this kind of game rather than jumping into Final Fantasy six. And I want to play Octopath Traveler two so bad. <laughs> I mean, you just like you just played FF six like couple years ago right yeah for the podcast yeah like two years ago or something yeah so like i don't know i don't think you need to revisit it this soon i don't but you know i bought it it would be weird to like play five of the six and not play the sixth one i get (laughs) it yeah that's that's the main reason is that it's like i don't know it's kind of strange not to but at the same time (laughs) but yeah I'm, i'm getting to the point in the game where everyone's classes and abilities are kind of being fully realized and i'm starting to like press up against the limits of what they can do and it's really exciting oh that's the best feeling like just, I, love that. I love that feeling where you have ideas in your mind for how things might work or you're not really sure about something and you get to experience it in one battle or yeah. one moment makes you realize and you're just your eyes are open like holy crap and this you can do you, so much yeah you you do all of this setup you use everyone's abilities buff buff the character debuff the enemy like you know, use this ability that lets you act twice or whatever, full boost. So you get all of this set up and you're like, okay, now I'm going to use this super strong limit break move. And then it does like 40,000 damage. <laughs> and like once you see that big number pop up and it's like the biggest number you've seen pop up, you're like, oh, <laughs> I get I get that kind of excitement when I play. um like some action RPGs, you know, like like Diablo or whatever, where I have an idea for a build or there's a new season coming and I want to try out something because they buff some items. And it's like, oh, what if I do this and this? And then then sometimes you put it together and you're like, eh, that didn't work out as well as I had hoped. And other times you put it together and you're just, oh, my God. And you, you get you're like giddy. You cannot wait to yes. fight more stuff. Yes. Yes. I love you're like, where's it? Where's an optional boss? Yeah. Give me all the things to fight immediately. <laughs> yeah. 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 They do a really good job, too, of giving you, like, access to areas that you can't um, when you're going through the game. You know, like you'll be like level five, level 10 or something. And it's like, oh, you, you're kind of exploring around. You see this detour over here and it says, like, recommended level 30. Yeah. And you're like, oh, better stay away from that. But then you get up to, like, level 20 and you're like, maybe, maybe I'll I can try dip it. a toe. Maybe I'll just try it. Maybe I'll just run in there. 
And like the moment you get it, it they do a good job of like really clearly tiering the areas, right? There's clearly like tier one areas, tier two areas. And the moment that you start being able to like move through the next tier of zone, it's like, oh, man, that's really that's really satisfying. I'm glad I can beat things here now. Yeah. And you start gaining more XP and leveling faster and <laughs> it's all it's all, it just works. It just works. And you get a good sense of like what everyone's good for and what secondary classes work on them. And I, I thought about it because you mentioned uh, summoners. Ah, OK. And I wanted to talk a little bit about Ochet because her whole story involves basically finding the equivalent of like legendary Pokemon. Sweet Jesus. That it's you can then use in battle as one time per battle limit break style moves. Oh, like you're just dropping a Mewtwo on their ass for the for the. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> and like there's you have the you can capture like any any like standard enemy. Sure. So you can literally like Pokemon. You can literally like Pokemon catch like anything outside of like bosses. And. And then use them. They'll have like a particular move that they use when you call them in for free anytime after that until you uh, until you until you release them. And by release them, I mean, prepare them. And by prepare them, I mean, cook them into items that you can then use. Uh, OK, yes. <laughs> I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> it's really kind of horrifying at first because she's like, oh, man, I'm, I can't wait to turn. Like it works, though, because she's like 12 and she's just kind of young and wholesome. She's this young, wholesome little beastling thing. <laughs> well, because she's like a beastling. So she's like she's hunting for food. Right. Yeah. And she's like, and I'm going to I'm going to prepare this. And it's all very it's all circle of life. And, you know, I appreciate your sacrifice. I'm going to turn you into jerky now and then I'm going to share it with friends so everyone can be so everyone can enjoy this delicious meat. <laughs> and there's even a bit later without going into it where she's like clearly staunchly against like hunting for sport. Sure, unless it's turning them into items. Well, like like hunting just for the hunting just for like the sake of do like for glory. Because mm -hmm. she runs into people who are like, oh, yeah, we're going to we're going to bag this legendary beast and then just leave it for dead and be like, yeah, we killed it and then not do anything with it. <laughs> She's <laughs> no, like, no, you, you hunt for like food and for survival. Like there's there's got to be a purpose for it. You don't just kill to kill. Yeah, you got you got to eat that. You got to get some jerky. You got to You got to get jerky out of it. Or as, long as, chicken. Turn, as long as you turn Pikachu into some nice dried tough meat. <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> it's a really it's a really fun mechanic. And as you go through her story, you get like basically constants in your list of like summonable monsters. And the really, really strong legendary ones are like, yeah, you can summon this once per battle and it's and only at full boost. And it's going to essentially be like a big limit break thing, but it's going to be really good. <laughs> And that's separate from her completely different set of limit break stuff where she goes like literally beast mode. And does and has a bunch of attacks that she can do that are like, you know, 
large physical damage against all enemies, even larger physical damage against one enemy, you know, and like a full screen, uh, the full party buff or something like she's got a lot of stuff. And I didn't think I'd like her very much at first because I don't like I don't have a lot of good bows. Okay. So, like, I haven't been able to do good, like, regular physical damage. And honestly, I don't really like the hunter skills as a class that much. Yeah. A lot of them are really kind of utility. It's like, it's like improve the team's accuracy and critical hit rate. Or, like, you know, move someone's action to the end of the turn. Which can be useful, but there's other things that do that better. Okay. Um, so a lot of those abilities I don't really like that much, but, like, her actual unique capture and, uh, capture and, like, usage abilities of monsters, like, once you start, once you realize that you can get really cool, really strong monsters and start using her as a Pokemon trainer, she's incredible. Oh, that's cool. Man, I don't know. Yeah, so I, when I looked at the cast, I liked as just people that I would have wanted to start with was either the merchant mm-hmm. or potentially the, the hunter just because I had, or hunt huntress, I guess because yeah, yeah. I had fun with, uh, Hanit in the, um, uh, in the first one. So it's exciting to hear that both of those classes or both of those characters are ones that you liked. Yeah. I think that, um, Oh, Chad is a lot better in the, in the late game because you really have to put some time into making sure that she has a good, sort of stable of monsters to use. That makes her, sense. Her regular ability is kind of mid. Yeah. Um, I love that we use mid. It's we're such, we we're just such adopted old, it. And yeah, we're it's, it's like great because it's probably not anything that the, the, the kids say anymore. So it makes it way better that we're using it. Well, yeah, I, I I've come around to the idea that this is a, this is sort of a chicken egg situation mm-hmm. where it's like, it's because we're starting to understand it and adopt it, that the kids are going to stop using it. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't even know if it's chicken egg. I think it's just old people are using it. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a chicken egg situation where it's like, oh, is it the question is, is like, is it becoming uncool because we're starting to learn it or are we starting to learn it because it's becoming uncool? And the answer is the ah, former. Mm, yeah. The answer is the former. Like, as soon as it gets to the point where, like, it's being adopted by different generations and the larger culture, it's not cool anymore. Yeah, and so yeah. you have to move on from it. You have to. It's, you know, it's interesting. I don't, I never, I don't ever remember having that sense of, oh, I'm hearing other people use this term, then I don't want to use it anymore. And that's probably because I've never been hip. Well, that's <laughs> also true. But I, I, have, I, I, I have never always, been a cool always, person. I will always, always remember the moment that I saw, like, mainstream adoption kill a meme. (laughs) Why? What was that? The time they had Rick Astley in the Macy's Thanksgiving parade. Okay, no, that would. Yeah, that's no. And he performed Never Gonna Get You Up on a Thanksgiving float. And then some little Muppet came out and sounding like Toad. And was like, I love Rick rolling. And I was like, oh, it's dead. Yes. Oh, that's that's the worst. Oh, yeah, no, that's it's it's done now. We can't we can't Rick roll anymore. I mean, to be fair, it was definitely dead anyways, because it got to the point where it's like, haha, it's not really funny. I thought I was going to get an actual answer to whatever this was. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, it was good. it was on the decline, but that was like that was that was the death blow. That was the final nail in the coffin. <laughs> Put it into Macy's Day's Parade and it's over. <laughs> yeah, hey, it's it killed not, Sonic you too. Ca- it, you can't be cool. If you're in the Macy's, if they're, if you're in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, you just <laughs> rule rule of cool. Don't put in the Macy's Day that Parade. parade <laughs> that parade is for like seventy year old grandparents to share with their grand to like force their grandkids to pretend it's cool, <laughs> and like that means that the audience for it is stuff that like those grandparents can recognize and attach to. And so if there is something in that parade that your grandparents know what it actually is, it's not cool. Yeah. It's it's or it's or it's surpassed the point where it doesn't, it's not, doesn't need to be cool anymore. Right. Like, yeah, you know, like Mickey mouse or Pikachu or whatever, doesn't need to be quote unquote cool. Cause they're just sort of exist as icons within our, uh, in in the media culture society, right? Yeah, but, but, I mean, there's there's a there's a special exception for things that are like irreplaceable worldwide icons. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like once you've passed into that point, it's like, well, you're still not exactly hip, but like at the same, the fact that we're using hip to describe this at that's all. That's why. Is, that's why I used hip. <laughs> that's exactly why. I like, it's, it's not exactly a, a current thing, but, like, everyone knows what it is, so, like, of course it's there. Yeah, yeah. Hey, do we have um, games we need to, to to remove from our brackets? Yes. A game? Yes, we do. Um, let's do it after the break. Because that way, it'll cover for the fact that I don't think either of us have that much to talk about with Kudu Kudu Kududin. Kudu Kudu Kududin. Yeah, this is, this is a, this, yeah, this is true. Break, break me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, right off the bat, cue the music. Boy, this is going to make this week's podcast really easy to edit. Okay. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) All right. So game bracket week three. The genie searches the mind. Thank you, Swoggles, for continuing to supply us with content. (laughs) <laughs> the genie searches the minds of all the gamers in the land, but he has no knowledge of the nuance of human disdain. He then presents you with your next choice. Mm-hmm. Fortnite versus Nights into Dreams. Who dies? Uh, I, I mean... <laughs> you see, I mentioned this last week that, like, the... This is very clearly a bracket built by someone who listens to the podcast. Because otherwise, (laughs) why would Knights and Home Alone and Joe and Mac make it onto this make it onto this bracket? This is not like pick the best franchise of all time. This is like Swoggles is trolling us with stuff that we talk about every so often and just picking very specific stuff for us to be like, eh. These these two in particular, I feel like this this particular bracket is is tailor made for me because I don't like either of these. <laughs> but but at the same time, I don't know which one I would want to remove. <laughs> yeah, see that's exactly it. Like it feels so far we have advanced Home Alone, Joe and Mac, and whatever wins this. So it feels like what we're actually doing here is picking our least worst favorites. <laughs> yeah, basically. 
man. Now, here's the thing. You don't like either of these. I feel relatively ambivalent to both of these. I'm, okay, I'm ambivalent to to. Oh, this is that's a that's a great way to look at this one. I dislike knights. I just don't care about Fortnite either way. So Fortnite, I guess, would get my vote for <laughs> prevailing since I don't care <laughs> either way. <laughs> There's another thing to look at here, though. All right, which is that like if you erase knights. It doesn't really have much impact on the current landscape of things. Yeah, the, the, the world would be better off because then they couldn't look at it and say, well, remember, the Saturn had knights and that game was awesome. Wait, 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 wait. OK. OK, I just realized something. What's what's that? If you erase knights into dreams. OK. You necessarily also... Mm-hmm. Erase Balan Wonderworld. Oh, pay, pa, yeah. What, does maybe does 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 Yuji Naka stop making games right then? <laughs> does <laughs> do we prevent him from East insider trading? Do we, we do we save him from himself and potentially the Dreamcast? Because maybe he wouldn't make fun of the only people that could program for it in Japanese, thinking the English people couldn't understand him. I think that those things would probably happen regardless of whether or not he made this particular game. But, but we don't know that. We don't know. And certainly, like, like, like uh, Fortnite will have no, you know, impact on, on the Saturn or the Dreamcast or his insider trading in the future. But there is a chance that if we stop him early on, it never happens. And maybe he'll make a good game instead. I don't know. Like, it's, po- it's very possible. Maybe he doesn't leave Sega. And he doesn't go to Square Enix, so he doesn't make Balan Wonderworld and then do a bunch of insider trading. And yeah. I don't know, yeah. it's, it's possible. I think for the I think for the good of the world, we have to keep the game that keeps making kids steal from their parents. Yeah, I think I think stealing your parents credit card for thousands of dollars is, is a better outcome. Thousands than of fake dollars, mind you. And like <laughs> converting thousands of real dollars into thousands of fake dollars. Sure. Sure. Yeah. But the, the, the real kick in the nuts is the stealing of the real money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, the second kick in the nuts is the fact that that money was spent on something that is in no way tangible. I suppose that's, you know, that they go hand in hand. You have a good point. I, getting rid of Fortnite. Because like if be- you're if your kids stole your credit card. But then they bought like a 70 inch TV. Then you'd be like, well, I mean, <laughs> would you? that sucks. But at least we have this TV now. <laughs> at least we have this $3,000 TV. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of cool. Like, I don't mind having this. It's just like, you know, it would have been nice to pay rent instead. But at least there is something here for the trouble. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Buy something cool and tangible if you're stealing your parents' credit card. If you have to spend stupid money that you can't afford to spend, it'd be nice if you at least have something you like out of it. Like, as compared to, like, hey, little Timmy, why is there a $1,500 charge on my credit card? To for Apple. this month and he's like look my character does this dance now and i have a cool hat <laughs> i just i just want to remind you that that yuji naka tweeted out something like two years ago about his how he made a video game and obviously it's him doing it because he's the one making the tweet and it's his account 
And the text read something like, this is the first time in 35 years that, um, that as a game creator that I, Yuji Naka, have made a game all by myself. <laughs> and then something about spreading the word. And that to me, I, I'm just, I, I'm on board 100% about removing Nights into Dreams from the timeline. I, I, I So this isn't the question and this isn't where we're going to end up with it. Sure. But like. How would you feel about just removing Yuji Naka from the timeline? Completely? Completely. So that so I still like the idea of Sonic. And if I and know, if you, I if know that lost, is the problem, right? So I don't want to lose him. I'm not like, listen, I don't want to remove him entirely because up until Nights into Dreams, he was part of Sonic and kind of made Sonic what it was. If you think about the Sonic games that came after Nights into Dreams, I mean, uh, and we're I, done thinking about them. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yeah, yep. all right. That's fine. This is where I was Fortnite about to say cut the survives, commercial. nights into dreams dies, so we can try to... So we can... This is like basically the going back in time to kill the dictator. <laughs> but it's you, Jacka. Like, if we just kill Knights into Dreams, maybe the timeline turns out better. I love that we're turning this into not just removing a singular game. We're trying to, like, Terminator the timeline. Yes. Because, because we can't possibly just make a decision based on, yeah, that game can go and then move on. We Dude, <laughs> we have, we're choosing between whether to eliminate Fortnite or Nights into Dreams from a, from a video game timeline. A week after doing the same for Joe and Max and BMX Triple X. This this is oh BMX. That's what it was. I couldn't remember what Joe and Mac was against. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's because we erased it from the timeline. That's yes. I yes, <laughs> and because it was also a choice between two of the least memorable things imaginable. <laughs> and yet I, I have very vivid memories of playing both as a child. But, you know, the BMX I never actually played fading. BMX X, but I remember like seeing enough footage of it to be like, I'm not interested in this. This is really silly. I, I didn't care so much about the game. I will say that. That's the, <laughs> you were interested less in the BMX and more in the triple X. Yes. <laughs> I guess it's double X, right? No, it's definitely triple X. Is it BMX then three X's? I don't remember. It oh, is yeah, three X's. Yeah, no, it yes. is. I had to look it up. Yeah. I couldn't remember if it. Or like if you prefer BM quadruple X. I like that. Yeah. A nice BM on the quadruple X. <laughs> 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 All right. Now that we've now that we've burned the four the first nine minutes of our uh, of our second half of the podcast, let's discuss Kudu Kudu Kududin. So we both are gonna or we had very different ways of playing this game because I pretty much play it exclusively with two other people online. Oh yeah, that's right. And I forgot you played it multiplayer. And the three of us had never played the video game before. Okay, so, was, so let me describe the single player. Let, let's let's format it like this. I will describe what the game basically is because it's not that hard to understand. But like, you know, basic, just basic controls and whatever. Uh, I then you can talk about how that goes completely chaotic in multiplayer. So I, I just want to say I did play the adventure mode up through Cake Land, I believe. Okay, yeah. That's and that's like halfway. Yeah, I think so. I, I looked at a video what the final stage was, and I'm going to finish this game later. <laughs> oh, are you now? Uh, yeah. It the the final like 
Okay, go ahead. Explain the video game to people because I'm going to guess a lot of folks don't know what this is. Yeah, so this is like a... Would you call it like... It's almost like a puzzle game? It is a puzzle... Like an action what puzzle game? It's it's like... It's, it's like irritating stick. <laughs> like, what is... What what it, it's what is really this? strange actually. So basically, I think a you, puzzle video game. I think I think it's a puzzle video game. Like if you had to pick, if you had to, if you had to put a box around this, it's got to yeah. be puzzle. It's so essentially, this is a game for Game Boy Advance. Um, you control what I can only describe as a very slowly rotating uh, helicopter propeller. Yeah, I think that's what it's supposed to be because I think you're in. A, I think the idea is is that you are a ship. Yeah. And that's those are your propeller blades. Of, yeah, like you're getting yeah, yeah. a top down view of the propeller blades. And the the blades are essentially just like constantly spinning, but very slowly. And you have to essentially guide it through a maze without your blades hitting the side, which normally wouldn't be that big of a deal. But you have to kind of like consider where you're going to like dip in and out. Because you're a very irregular shape. You're very long and skinny. Mm -hmm. So if you need to go down like a skinny hallway, you, you need to do that. Well, you have to time it with the rotation so that you're like facing in the right direction and you can get through it quickly enough before you like spin out sideways. And they just made a whole game about about around that. Like yeah, that's and, the whole game. And let me just say, if you have this is I'm so glad that this game got brought over here to the u.s because i believe oh, it yeah, was released it would, it's in a Europe. very it's very clearly a japanese game that could have very easily been left behind yeah because I, I think i think it was released in europe mm. um i could be wrong about that or like the pal region right like if there was a pal version yeah um but we never got it and it's a shame this this is such a cool video game. It's a really it's a real like the reason I have such a hard time explaining it is because it's really not very much like anything else that I've seen. No. And I got to say, I don't know if I would have been happy having purchased it as a kid in 2000 or 2002 or whatever it was when this came out. And because it would have been a game that's like, oh, this is neat. But whatever. I'm not going to play it that much. But getting it this this kind of falls into the WarioWare category for me mm -hmm. where Having it on Switch Online as a game in this manner is so freaking perfect. This is the kind of stuff that is like, yeah, this is why you want to have the Switch Online service. Because yeah. WarioWare and Kudu Kudu Kudurin is, they're, they're perfect video games to play just for a little bit and then stop if you want to. And then you can go back to it because you can 100% do some wild speed running. I want to say this was actually played at GDQ or SGDQ in the last was, yes. year or two. Yep. Yeah, but it absolutely was. And it's very like they they time you like all of yeah, the yeah. regular stages. There's a timer going. Yeah, and it's not it's not this is not a uh, oh, you're going to get first place if you finish the level kind of thing. This is you're going to get last place the very first time and then probably many times after that. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, like playing through some of the challenge stages, I I want to uh, back up what you said about like this is a game you could just pick up and play for 15 minutes and have fun because I literally did that today. Yeah, we've the, had yep, this we've yep. had this game kind of on the back burner for a while. I think we both played it like a three month ago. weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know it, I, I played it the first time uh, almost exactly a month ago because it was uh, around my friend's birthday. And he's like, let's play this game online. I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. And then I think I played it after that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that was that was weeks ago, many several weeks ago. 
Um, so I picked it up again today and played it for like 20 minutes just as a refresher. So I would know what to talk about and was like, this is this is really great to just pick up and play again. There's yeah, really like you don't control really the rotation of the of the thing. All you can do is you can hit a button to move faster. Yeah, that's or it. Or hit two buttons to move faster than that. So there's like different speeds you can move through. If you want to like, if you want to get through an obstacle really quickly and that lends itself really well to like different strategies to like, there's very clearly a designed way. Like there's little spots that jut out where it's like, okay, this is giving you just enough space to rotate. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and there's the way that there's springs that then rotate, like do a reverse rotation. So clockwise yeah. to counterclockwise. Yeah. You can so. like if you if you hit the springs instead of the wall, it'll just bounce you back harmlessly. And then you change the direction of your rotation. And that's necessary to get through some stages, too. But then there's also the ability to just move really damn fast and skip a lot of that. It's very scary to do. If you're, yeah. Like an- <laughs> yeah. Because you can hit the wall like three times. Yep. Before you have to start the whole stage over again. And typically what happened to me is I'd, I'd hit it once and then I would get I'd start to panic and I just <laughs> I'd die. <laughs> like yeah, if yeah, I was yeah. trying to if I was trying to boost through like a zone or like a, a certain part of the stage. And oh, yeah, it's like I, I would do that a bunch. I'd be at full health and try to like boost through at max speed. Just go like boom, boom. <laughs> and, you know, so what was interesting is when you said you were doing that, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that as well. So I started playing it for like 30 minutes today. And this is. My my go to mentality when I play these games most of the time is I know that the rewind time exists yeah and maybe I'll use it to save time and depending on the game I'll use it to completely break it like you know sure uh, it uh, really has to do with like how much the game is like wasting your time yeah or if it's just one that you'd have to get good <laughs> to yeah. beat it and I'm not going to spend thirty hours getting good at it right right you know? right 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 but this game I literally forgot I could not rewind time. I, I, it's, I, I just, I don't know. I was having so much fun. And then at one point I died right before the end of one of the stages and before and we you started were like, recording. Oh yeah. And I was like, oh man, I was so close. I wish I could. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. like I, I completely thought of it as like, a, that would be so neat to be able to rewind and go back to that moment. And then it's like, oh wait, I, I can literally do that. What am I talking about? Yeah. That, that's my mind was, I was just having so much fun playing through the stage. And this is, it's, it's just the, I don't know. It's the perfect kind of little game to play for 10, 30 minutes. And when you play it online with friends, if none yes. of you have played it before, <laughs> it's going to be a disaster. We didn't we kind of knew that you have to guide a, a, a line through a maze. And that was it. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so it just works where all four of you have your own space. You can't bump into each other and you basically get like half stages. So like, you know, where you OK. You, the, and I don't know where the stages are pulled from. I, I they're probably pulled from half stages from the single player thing the it might be the challenge stages the challenge stages are really short like most of them you get through in like five seconds uh maybe it's that then yeah and it was so much fun we were all <laughs> we were all like yelling like what is what are we supposed to do like how are you ever supposed to get through this <laughs> and you can handicap yourself where you can have you can make the the line literally just the dot so it's just like the middle of it so then oh that's super wow cheating. you like yeah. okay you can change the length of it, basically. Yeah, um, that's the cool. The helicopter blade, the what, I think it has a name. So the you you might have you inadvertently you might know this game if you've played Super Smash Brothers because the trophy of the helicopter was in melee, and I think it's a support item in Brawl. 
Um, oh. But it's it was mislabeled in the English version. Like it wasn't called what it was supposed to be. I don't I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's I don't um, remember that at all. That's really interesting. But yeah, so you may have seen. I think let me let me hold on. I I, uh, I think it was on the wiki page. Let me look it up. Well, while you're talking about that, or while you're looking that up, I want to talk about the practice mode for a second. Oh, yeah, yeah, please do. Because um, I went in, I, I was playing today just to sort of, like, refresh my refresh my memory. Um, and I did some challenge stages, and then I went into practice, and I just wanted to see what that was about. I wanted to see if it was, like, is this going to be, like, a tutorial, or is it going to be, like, sort of a free play, like, go through the stage and you have infinite life or something like that. And it's neither of those things. It is you can go into any stage and you can start from any checkpoint in that stage, like the little heart things on the ground. Yep. So in some of the longer stage, there's a there's a checkpoint that is like a big heart panel. And if you've lost health up to that point, you can hit the wall three times before dying. Mm -hmm. And if you hit the heart panel, you actually refill back up to three hearts. It's so, really nice. Which is which is super nice. Um, in practice mode, you can just start from there. So like you can select any stage and then you can select like which checkpoint you want to start from. And then you could just do it over and over and just practice it. But that's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is how there is a pre-recorded demo of each of those segments of each of those stages that you can watch if you're not sure how to get through it properly. Yeah. I So you you messaged me saying the demo mode's awesome. So I was like, oh, what's he talking about? And I, I opened up the demo mode and I was like, oh, it seems pretty. Oh, wow. There's like a whole, there's like a little video. There like is a video for every section of every stage. So you can just watch, you can just watch someone go through the stage and understand how you're supposed to do it. And it's cool because it's not like the, you know, the, the, the tree house, the, you know, where they're where they're doing the the super hardcore speed run strats. The, the, the video goes through it in a simple way where, you know, it, it actually takes probably longer than you may even take because it stops yeah. at every point that it can stop and lets it fully mm -hmm. rotate to be in the exact right position. Yep. And so it's it's a really wonderful learning tool because yes. as I watched it, I was like, oh, you could go faster here. Right. Like I was yeah, 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 in yeah. my head and and. and it's, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's really one of the things that, at, like, it's clearly a game that, like, it doesn't have that much on the surface, but it's built for repetition. And, and like, it wants you to, like, perfect it over time. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it, it just really, really does a good job of that. And, like, exactly like you said, the demo mode is doing it the slowest way possible. And you're just looking at it being like, oh, I don't have to stop there. I can mm -hmm. just keep going. Yeah, like you can you can feel it in once you kind of understand how the mechanics, which which, which will pick up almost immediately. You, yeah. you, when you're watching the video, you can sort of feel the, oh, no, you should go here, which is mm -hmm. why I would like to go. I should go back and watch the speed run of it, because I imagine that's going to be one of those where you, you, you're going to get nervous because you can the, the gameplay is such that you can really um pick it up immediately so yep. watching someone speed run it is gonna get, create a lot of tension because you're thinking oh my god how they're gonna get through that right like <laughs> yeah 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 um yeah and that's just like there's such this risk reward situation the whole time you're playing because like it hitting the walls doesn't just mean 
uh, you don't just lose health. You also lose time. There's like a time mm-hmm. penalty of like three seconds. So like you can't just like damage boost through a difficult section. No, and, no. and expect to like still get the best time. Yeah. So like, but at the same time, if you want to go through it quickly, you have to play really, really risky. Yeah, very. you have to be super aggressive with how you take corners and turns and just navigate the level in general. And, like, it's it's not that difficult to get through. Like, I wouldn't say it's easy, especially in the later stages. But it's not that difficult to get through the stage normally and slowly. Yeah, I would say that it's it's a very... It's a very balanced difficulty in that, yeah, you'll ha- you'll die and you'll have to take a, yeah. tr- a few tries to get through the stage, but you will see the solution that you need to do very easily. Yes. So it's more of just managing your how how fast you or how fast or how slow you go through the stage and mm-hmm. how steady you are with controlling the the little helicopter blade. And it's easier with a, I found it was much easier with a joystick than with a with the D pad. Interesting. Uh, I found I had way more control that way, which is kind of cool because I didn't necessarily expect Especially that. interesting since it's a GBA game where that shouldn't really be supported. Right. Yeah. But it felt like I had a better time mm. control. Well, I imagine they had at least eight directions, right? Well, so, sure. Yeah. So it's still sometimes easier to hit that in between direction on a. Um, yeah. Yeah. I can see that. But overall, I was I was impressed at how. Usually I don't really like these kinds of games where it's about doing the same stuff over and over again or like the precision platforming and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. And, but this felt just fun to play. And I think the the part that I like the best is that I could play it for 15 minutes and feel like I made an improvement. Like I, yeah. I feel like I, I got through a stage and that felt really good. And I played for like 20 minutes before we started podcasting today and I did like seven challenge stages and got the best time on all of them. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and some of them I had to play like you know, 10, 15 times to do it, but they were like five second stages. So it was fine. Yeah. It literally is just like, here's like one particular corner or bend, get through it as quickly as possible. And it's exactly, it's exactly what we're talking about, where it's like, you can go really slow and methodically and use all the little things, or you can mash both of the buttons down, go at full speed and just try to like maneuver it really tight around the corner and try not to hit things. Yeah, and that's really like really puts you on edge. But it's it's fun to do for a few minutes. Yeah, I'm surprised it's not something Nintendo tried to redo later. Like, I, I guess they I guess there is a uh, they put it on GameCube, but all of them were only in Japan. Like there's two sequels, but they're mm. in uh, Japan only. And I, I guess the game maybe just didn't sell well, but it seems like one of those ones they would have experimented with during the, the, the Wii era. Like one of yeah. those. Kind of, hey, let's see what this is like with motion controls. We have to spin the controller around to control the, the 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 helicopter blade. It would have been a nightmare, but it yeah, been, yeah, yeah, it might have been funny. Like one of those games, like oh my god, this is this is definitely not good, but also it's kind of exciting that they tried to do it. You know what I mean? It feels like the type of thing that they could have revisited as a mini game in another game. Yeah, that too, or or, or like one of the WiiWare. Like, like, you know, they yeah. have their own game for like, here's a five dollar. Yeah, yeah, game yeah, or yeah. Whatever. That's I'm I'm I don't want to say I'm surprised because otherwise we're always surprised about something Nintendo did. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So maybe it's not so that's much. A, as a, that's that's an F, that's a exercise in futility. Yeah. So it's not so much as a surprise as more of a it would be worth it for them, in my opinion, to go and make something cool like that. Like this. This they have a franchise here that's 
very I, I feel like it's perfect it's a perfect time to release a game like this i mean hell it could even be a cell phone game if they wanted to go that right i know they kind of stopped all their cell phone stuff that's true uh, yeah but but i don't know it i had i had way more fun than i thought i was going to have i thought it was going to be just okay like yeah that's fun whatever throwaway experience maybe i didn't even think about it being a podcast game but then once i played it i was like oh no this is really fun yeah yeah, and it, it's like there's nothing like really special or complex about it. It's no. just it does like you sort of compared it to WarioWare earlier, and I kind of agree with that. It's something you can just kind of pick up and have fun with at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, did you uh, we didn't really mention the fact that the if you go through the adventure stage, you actually get like cosmetics. Yeah, you get and you, and you find your your the, the your lost brothers and sisters, I guess. Yeah. So that's kind of cool, like, and then you, you can actually have them, um, as you find the other little birds, they can sit on the, you can, they can sit on your blade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think they call it putting makeup on the, yeah. the blade, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can change, like, the color of it and, like, the design and shape of it. Yeah. Mine's a squiggly. It's, like, wiggly. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Which I don't think changes its, uh, I don't think it changes the, its mechanics at all. I don't believe so. I think it's purely cosmetic. Yeah. But you can, you know, it's kind of fun. I Mine's like, mine basically looks like a, like, like Christmas garland for like a Christmas tree. Oh, that's rad. But uh, rainbow colored. Excellent. Oh, hey, you know, this has nothing to do with the game at all, but it made me think of it. I dyed my beard because I was going to cut it off. Oh, yeah. And then, uh. Uh, Lachisa and I were like, well, let's dye it. That seems fun. I was like, okay, cool. What colors do we have? And she's like, well, we got these purples and a pink and some other ones. Like, cool. Just do whatever you want. So okay. the, the, the top part of my beard is purple. Then nice. it's green. And then it's pink. And I've, I had a bunch of people, like, anytime we go out, someone's like, oh, man, the beard's so cool. That's really fun. <laughs> I had a, we went out to eat and there was a very drunk guy leaving the restaurant. He stopped, looked at me and was like, that's so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's 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 the best compliment you can get. He was was like, I've I've never seen anyone die there. That's so cool. He was so plastered, but it made me smile. That's that's amazing. (laughs) I love it. That's great. (laughs) I remember you dyed your uh, I remember you dyed your your beard for the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My hair was blue and then my beard was green and um, yellow for Brazil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't help them. It did not. Oddly enough, I don't know why. It feels like, you know, that should guarantee wins. (laughs) It's like the time, like in hockey, there's a there is a um, there is a tradition for growing out a a playoff beard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where like none of the players will shave their beards until they're eliminated from the playoffs or win. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did it one year in solidarity. And that was when I realized that I can't really grow a beard. Yeah. But I went, they went like a couple rounds in. So I was like, I was like growing that thing out for like a good three or four weeks or so. Yeah. And um, never again. Never, never again. I don't, I don't like it. That's well. So I was sort of at that point where I was like, I'm sick of this. I definitely just want to, uh, um, I, I want to shave it off. And then, if it, you know, it will grow back if it ever seems fun to do it again. Uh huh. Uh, but but then dying it made it made it fresh again. <laughs> yeah, I I mean that's kind of the same thing that I ran into when I dyed my hair. Yeah, I was like I'm gonna cut this, but I might as well do something with it first. Yep. 
that actually does look really cool. Yeah, there you go. I see. Yeah, he just like audio only. So like he just sent me a picture in Discord. It looks great. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna show it to Jesse. Yeah. But it was, it was really, it was, really cool. I like that. It was fun. So I'm, I'm glad you reminded me of it with your rainbow, uh, rainbow blade and and, and kudu kudu kudu. And. <laughs> yeah, this has been a, this has been a good one. I don't Hopefully remember. Soon, I have. We got some ideas for things that are going to go on the podcast soon. I one of which, um, I actually, Tom, I tried to show you this uh, when I was streaming the other day, and I don't think you were there. But I'll send oh, you a picture of it in a minute because I don't okay. want to. Um, Jesse was in New York with our friends TK and M. Yeah. The T of which is also named Tom, but it's not you. It's not. It is not me. But that that Tom likes Metal Gear Solid. So, you know, what's the he difference? does. He does. He likes Metal Gear Solid. And they took Jesse to the Nintendo store and he stuck his head inside Bowser's mouth. So I feel like you're basically already friends. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure we're the same. Um, <laughs> but um, he sent back with jesse one of his favorite uh ps1 kusoge <laughs> which i'm going to send you a picture of and um after the podcast is over all right so i don't um, have a reaction on air yeah because i because i you know i want this to be somewhat of a surprise um if if t is listening he knows what it is but no one else probably does at this point so yeah, it's I've seen him play a little bit of it. He actually like tried to speedrun it for a bit because it's one of it's for him. One of those like, oh, this game sucks, but I played it a lot as a kid and okay. I don't even really know why I have it, but I do. Excellent. And I've seen enough of it to know that it's going to be dumb enough for us to have fun with. Well, so that's perfect. So our listeners have no idea what we're talking about and I love it. Yes, but they will soon. Probably. Probably. <laughs> <laughs>